Welcome to the New Puritan Podcast. I'm Mark Stull, and this is episode number 15. Thank you for joining me, everyone. I appreciate you listening in, and I cannot believe that we are at episode number 15. This is great. And when I started out on this podcast, I never thought I would even get to 15, but um, we surely have. So we're going to keep going and moving on through this, and uh, I can't do it without you. Appreciate every one of you uh, that listen and subscribe. It's uh, really a blessing to me, and I, and I want to really do thank you very much. Uh, in this episode... We're going to be talking about 11 things the church should be doing according to the book of Acts. And this will probably be a two-part series. This is part one. Now, these don't have any order of importance, and they're not numbered in such a way. It's only that as they appear in the book of Acts, as I went through and I scoured through and the Lord just led me through this to to share this with everyone about 11 things that the church should be doing. And it's exclusively in the book of Acts. Now, of course, that there's many other things that Christians should be doing. But like I say, this is just giving an outline of what appeared in the book of Acts. The reason why I say that in the book of Acts is because the book of Acts is the book that showed the early primitive church. It showed the practices, the function, the form, the uh, unity of the early church. It doesn't really show any problems of the early church. Those happen in the other letters that Paul had wrote, uh, for example, say in Corinthians and in the Galatians. So what we're seeing in the book of Acts, in this action of the church, as how they walked and worked in the gospel uh, is very interesting, and I think it's going to be very, very beneficial to you, so I would hope that you would follow along, and I will be posting the subheadings and all the scripture verses that uh, pertain to each heading uh, on the website that uh, you'll be able to see it there in the description. And I would ask that you would please study and listen to Jesus more on your own so that you may come to a fuller walk and relationship with him. So let's get started. We're going to do uh, number one here. Number one thing uh, that we find in the book of Acts is prayer and supplication. And we find this in chapter 1, verse 14, where it says, All these continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Now, there's many other references in the book of Acts to prayer and supplication. But we, we see right away that the church was a praying church. And unfortunately, this is sadly lacking in many churches today and in the church today and in many, many, the lives of many, many people. Severely lacking prayer and supplication to God. If you're a Christian and you have the Spirit of God, 
you should be praying. Now, people get into all of these kinds of things where even ministers will get into these prayers where they're high and lofty prayers. Prayer is simply speaking and communicating to God. It is telling God all of the things that you have on your heart, telling him the things that you desire according to his will, praying to him, praying from your heart to him, praying for the needs. Um, there was the section in the book of Acts where Peter was kept in the jail and the church was praying fervently for him. Now, you think about this, that there's a lot of things that the church must be praying for, must be praying for. That's not happening today. This is an area that I'm very concerned about that the church seriously lacks. Praying, praying. Are you going to be caught on Facebook? Are you going to be caught going to the movies when the Lord Jesus comes? Or would you be rather in prayer? So praying is of vital importance in the life of believers, and it's vitally important in the life of of church as well. So pray. Just just start doing it. Don't worry about how you're doing it. Just p- start praying. Pray from your heart. Actually, the Word tells us that the Holy Spirit will help us when we pray. So pray. Pray very fervently and pray much. Jude tells us that we are to pray in the Holy Spirit. So do it. Start praying. Number two, wait for and receive the Holy Spirit. We find this in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, where it says that that there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they waited to receive the Holy Spirit. We find this again in Acts chapter 8, verse 15, 9, 17, and 10, 44. In Acts chapter 19, verses 2 and 6, Paul came to the Ephesian elders And he asked them about if they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet. And they said, no, we haven't even so much as heard there was any Holy Spirit. What do you mean, Holy Spirit? He says, we were, he goes, what, what were you baptized then? He said, we were baptized into John's baptism. He said, no, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he prayed for them, laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. If you're new in the Lord, um, or you have never really received the Holy Spirit, You need to wait for and receive the Holy Spirit of God. You ask the Lord God, God the Father will give you the Spirit. He wants to give you His Holy Spirit. You need to wait for and receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will come to you if you ask. And that is also vitally important for the church, for the believer. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit helps you walk in this world, this wicked world, in this life, helps you and empowers you to overcome sin and evil and walk in holiness. We need the Holy Spirit. You cannot be saved without the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can't even call yourself a true Christian unless you have the Holy Spirit in you. Wait for and receive the Holy Spirit. Again, this is great in connection with prayer. Wait and receive the Holy Spirit. Ask the Father to give you His Holy Spirit, and He will. Number three, preach the gospel. This preaching of the gospel was very indicative of the early church. It is contained throughout the book of Acts. Many, many, many times 
2.14, it says this, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing is the third hour. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Basically preaching the gospel. We find this also in Acts 3.19 and 4.10 and 5.29, and it just goes on and on. The preaching of the gospel. This is also, well, they all are, but this is also vitally important. Vitally important in the life of the church that we preach the true gospel. And if you go into places like uh, 1 Corinthians 15, you'll find the outline of the true gospel. Jesus says, repent and believe the gospel. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Preaching the truth of the gospel of Christianity is vitally important. We are to go out and minister the gospel. If you aren't one to strong in witnessing, pass out tracts. Type in scripture verses and send them an email. Wear t-shirts that, that says the gospel. Do, do whatever you can to preach the gospel, to get the gospel out, because this is what is needed very, very much today, that the gospel go forth unto all the world, that people know the good news of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And I might add, with the preaching of the gospel, it has to be the true gospel. There is a false gospel and a true gospel, and we have to be preaching the true gospel. Uh, you have people out there today that are preaching the gospel, and it's not true at all. It's just lies. It's it's pleasure and money and, you know, the faith movement and whatever you can get. And God, your best life now and all of this, this is all garbage. This is not truth from the gospel. This is not truth from the scriptures. So we must be out there preaching the gospel, getting that good news out into all the world that Jesus saves by his grace. Number four, baptize. This is throughout the scriptures as well, and that go, coincides with receiving the Holy Spirit and preaching the gospel. The, the gospel was preached, a person was baptized, and then the person received the Holy Spirit. So baptism um, is vitally important. We're not going to get into the aspects of the type of baptism because there's sprinkling, there's immersion, and there's... um droplets of water on the head, pouring on the head, sprinkling, pouring, and immersion. From what I have done on the studies of the scriptures, baptism by immersion is uh, the, the prescribed manner that the scriptures outline. So baptism, we find this in Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 41, and it says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So baptism, being baptized in water. And if you're a Christian and you have not yet been baptized, you should do so right away. Don't wait. Go be baptized. Number five, share your goods, food, money, etc., and fellowship. This, this came about a lot in the scriptures as well. In the book of Acts, we see this. 
And this is another thing that's lacking in the church today, that people are not sharing their goods, food, money. They're not helping other people out. It's very greedy nowadays. It's very whatever I can get for me, me, me. And instead of for the church in sharing, this this was a practice that they did in the early church. They saw the poor, they saw the need, and they gave to those people. Why wouldn't you? If they're brothers and sisters in Christ, why would you deprive a brother and sister in Christ of something that that they need? I mean, that that's that's terrible. Share your goods, your food, your money with those that are in need. We find this in chapter 2, verse 44, and chapter 4, verse 32, and chapter 6, verse 1. So share your goods, your food, your money, etc., and fellowship with people, fellowship with other believers in the Lord. How are you going to know that they have needs if you don't fellowship with them, if you're not with them, knowing their needs. So those are the first five things of the 11 things uh, that the book of Acts, that Christians should be doing according to the book of Acts. And that is going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you listening. If you uh, would like to go out to the website, you can visit us at www.kingshouse.org and you can see articles we have, the podcasts, and the videos that we have over on YouTube. Thanks for listening in, and God bless.